I don't get more ja- jazzed ever than listening to that intro music, but I do think that we need some some more pop flair in there. Uh, good morning, good evening, depending on where you're listening. Uh, around the horn, we have myself, Bahama, Kevin, and Kevin. This is the Pause Life Podcast, episode two. I'm excited for it. Um, All right. Welcome, guys. Uh, welcome to week two, episode two. Um, I wanted to go a little bit deeper into what we mentioned on episode one. I got a lot of feedback about the 14-week episode um, structure that we have here. Uh, So basically, what you're going to be listening to for the next 14 weeks is some critical thinking and some interesting discussions on what we think on whether it be current events, uh, whether it's social, culture, gaming, lifestyle, sports, uh, from three young adults living in Miami, Florida. Uh, We are all very different, unique personalities, and we rarely agree on anything. So, (laughs) there's a strong emphasis there. (laughs) So, it really gives for some uh, fruitful conversations that we've had here in our apartment because we are all roommates. So, we wanted to bring those conversations over to the mic for you, for us to share with you. Um, The whole 14 week structure comes from the statistic that most podcasts don't make it to 14 weeks, they usually fail before then. So, that's what we're going with. Come along with us in this journey. Give us any feedback of anything that you'd like to listen to uh, and anything that you think would make this 14-week journey more enjoyable for you. And we hope you listen throughout. Hey. Hey, Cousin Uncle Bump. That was good. (laughs) Yeah. So last week I was scrolling through Netflix and I found The Social Dilemma. And as soon as I watched that, I literally immediately told these guys, like, you have to watch it this week because this is going to be the next topic of the podcast. So today, that is literally going to be our first topic. We're going to talk. We're going to kind of dive into our thoughts about the social dilemma, and the various components of it that we think are either intriguing, scary, exciting, all the different emotions that came through watching this documentary. And then all of us kind of did our own kind of research on the side and trying to bring in our own experiences of how we've dealt with technology, how we've dealt with social media, and all the various aspects that were in this documentary. So really excited to dive into that. Yes, definitely. Uh, Kevin was very, very insistent on us watching this documentary. And within the first 30 seconds of the documentary, you can already tell the grim environment and atmosphere that it really like starts off yeah. with. Uh, like the first quote that shows up is something along the lines of like anything that's like vast and big can and affects humanity can be looked at as a curse and i was just like something along those lines and i was like damn this is this is dark yeah it was it was bad I, I told you when i was watching it i was so close within those first uh 20 minutes of deleting all of my social media accounts yeah so i'm, I'm sure a lot of people who are listening to this either have seen it but for those who haven't let's just give a little background on what it is so it's essentially about the various social media platforms that exist today and how they influence the various parts of our life and how some bits of it have kind of got out of control. Um, basically, they're interviewing a bunch of high-level executives from all these various companies like Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, all these various different platforms. Uh, and these are just not like just normal people, you know, I'm just an engineer working for this company. Like some of these people were in there from the ground up. And that was like the big intriguing thing for me at first because it's one thing to hear it from, you know, a Facebook post or like a, a thing you see on the news where you're saying, oh my God, you know, your phone is spying on you. But it's another thing to hear it from people who are actually working for these companies who have left for their own ethical reasons. Yeah, it was... It was pretty intense. Um, I originally thought that I was going to delete all my, my social media apps. And Oh, do I say it? No, okay. I'm not going to go into like strict detail because we do want you to watch it. But there was that one scene with the three dudes and the, and the button pushing. Oh, you know I mean? when they were controlling you know? right, like right, everything right. that the kid was exactly, experiencing. Exactly. And, I thought, and they were like, oh, we're, we're just going to bang. Notif- I turned off all of my notifications ever. Today was the first day of ever doing that. And I'm, I'm so used to... What they talk about when, like, you look at your your device and you see the, and you see the notification, notification what it yeah. says, like it reads your your face and then you see the message. It's so weird to not have that anymore on my phone. Yeah, I usually don't like those type of like documentaries. Like, if you've watched the Rome one on on Netflix, the way it kind of operates is that it's half of people being interviewed, then half of like this acting scene of showing out 
like the various parts of what they're trying to illustrate. And I usually don't like like when it incorporates both of them, but it was pretty powerful in this documentary, especially when it comes to notifications, because it was really trying to illustrate like how your phone can basically track your behavior and movements and manipulate notifications to get you, you know, adherent to it. And I just read an article about this and I think you guys would probably find it fascinating. It was another Facebook engineer and they talked about how originally they created this algorithm, right, to try to look at people's behavior and try to predict it, right? And Mm -hmm. the biggest thing the documentary is saying is we're no longer predicting your behavior. We're trying, they're trying to change your behavior. Yeah. I'm not... Go ahead. No, um, I was going to say, like, on the same topic of the notifications, there was this um, one point in the documentary, because the beginning part of it, um, for me personally, I-, I wasn't intrigued at the beginning, aside from the dark atmosphere, because I was like, oh, I this is stuff that I already know. Like, yes, I know that they uh, predict the models on us. I know they use the AI algorithms, and I know that that's how they get us to buy stuff. I buy stuff from Instagram algorithms like it is nobody's business. Those Instagram ads are a you are, you are a sucker for the sponsored <laughs> I am a sucker they know what I want to buy yeah. it's so good and that doesn't really bother me that much but the one thing that uh, this was one of like the turning points uh, because I felt like oh shit I do this 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 happens to me regularly is that they talked about how um, and I know this happens to a lot of us where you put your phone down and it's been like a solid 15 seconds and you mm. pick it back up. Mm. And I always wonder, why do I do that? Like, it's kind of like when you go to the fridge and you reopen yeah. it again, but just like 10 times worse because you do it that every 10 hit. seconds. Yeah. Like, and uh, one of the engineers talked about how that is, that behavior is on purpose. Like, they created that behavior of making you want to check your phone every 15 to, every 10 to 15 seconds on purpose because what they do is they use the analogy of uh, having your feed work like a slot machine where you don't know what's going to pop up when you uh, pull the lever down. So that's kind of how like your Instagram, your Facebook uh, feeds work in which you can literally spend 30 minutes on Instagram scrolling, put your phone down, wait 10 seconds, come back up, completely different stuff can be up. Uh, and I, I realized it's like, oh my God, I, I do this all the time. And for the rest of that day, I kept trying to be aware of it, but it was just such a subconscious action. Mm. Like I couldn't genuinely control me myself. I just pick it up, scroll, or not even scroll. Sometimes I pick it up, unlock it, and then I just put it back down, like without even scrolling or opening any application. So at that moment once when i started realizing which goes back to what you said kevin that now it's not even predicting now it's purposely trying to change your behavior for an uh for an outcome yeah yeah i i, I found it pretty wild i also this is like a tidbit i liked the uh the uh parallel storyline that they tried to run along with the documentary yeah, yeah um yeah. with like something that could like very really happen um but this guy the the main guy that sits down first, um, Tristan Harris. Mm-hmm. I guess he's the one who's really like champ, champ, championing. You championing. Get you, you get it. Um, Words. Yeah, uh, you get it. Uh, he had a TED Talk, and I watched it, and he brought up the persuasive technology psychology bit in the TED Talk, and he said, and this is just because you reminded me of it, that the one thing that makes more money in the country than game parks, movies, and baseball combined is slot machines. Did really? you know that? Oh, yeah. wow. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure they d- dived into that psych- psychology of it because even what you mentioned, right, just us sitting here, it's, like, difficult for us not to pick up our phone and look. And I kind of, like, did a little experiment to myself yesterday without even really purposely doing it was around push notifications. So I've disabled it for Instagram, Facebook, all of that because of just I hated seeing them all the time. And that's what it mentioned, right, that slot machine of constantly putting a notification so you pick your phone back up. So I don't have it turned off for Lyft and Uber. And I was trying to check something in my Uber settings. And I opened up Uber and then I closed it out and then opened up Lyft. I have not used them in in probably a month now, right, Uber or Lyft. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I started getting notifications from Lyft and Uber two minutes after saying, hey, we have a new deal for you. 
please sign in. Hey, there's 50% off your next Dude. 10 rides. Dang, it's like bro. they know, and right? And they want you to pick that up. Your, they want you, you to be addicted to it. Your three guys are sitting there just saying, how the hell are we going to yeah, do Yeah, I love that. I know, like in the, <laughs> the documentary, they had like these three guys playing the, the technical role of like, what a what an AI would be doing, right? Yeah. What a machine learning system that would be doing all the stuff behind the scenes. In reality, it's a machine, but it was a cool how they personified it. What blew my mind, probably the second most um, of watching this documentary, is that humans were able to create these supercomputers that are now smarter than the human. I mean, they said like we we don't know where this thing's gonna go. They talk they describe machine learning very beautifully. They talk about artificial intelligence, but they were like, yeah, these things kind of just run themselves. And I think that that's terrifying. Yeah, no, there was a there was this thing a couple of years ago where Google had created their own AI, and then their AI created their own language, and they started communicating to each other in their own language, and then the Google engineers couldn't understand, so they just shut the whole thing down. They're like, "All right, this is straight out of a fucking movie. Shut the whole goddamn oh project God. down." Dude, it's scary. Yo, you know what else they said in the documentary? That go- well, okay. So this was the Google guy. There's like a Google guy, a Facebook guy, Pinterest, Twitter, Twitter, Reddit, all, everything, all of it. All big tech is in this this documentary. Uh, and I think it was the Google guy who said that there's just warehouses and warehouses. Oh, uh, the servers of the servers underwater. Cause that was weird to where, me. I was like, wait, where underwater? <laughs> the world. Yeah, because are they keeping these? Because even like, because just from what I do, right? I know a little bit about how like the data centers work. So. The, the cloud, right? Everything people always talk about the cloud. I know, I know, Guzman knows this, but um, everyone always mentions like your phone, your storage systems, all in the cloud, right? But that that there's still these data centers for all of them. Like the biggest one in the world is Amazon Web Service. Everyone talks about where Amazon makes their money. Like majority of it comes from Amazon Web Service. Almost every company you can think of hosts their servers on there. So it's super scary to think about. Like we talk about, we think about like Fort Knox or something like that where all the gold is stored. But if someone were to break into one of these Amazon web servers, one of these Facebook web servers that are stored in these random spots, like they could have such an impact on our entire global economy more than breaking big, big data right, bank okay. or with gold no place Which is probably like an in, in information warfare, I, I feel at that point. But like where, are they really underwater? I mean, I'm sure some of them are, like but how, I don't know how the are you exact logistics. That, the, n- I was going to comment before... Uh, Kevin spoke that I just want to understand what's the logic behind putting it underwater but now that no but here's the thing he kind of answered that I wasn't aware that Amazon Web Services uh, a bunch of companies were hosting off of them and Mm -hmm. I understand the concept of the the cloud and like the data service like I'm familiar Mm -hmm. with that but now understanding that there is literally thousands and thousands and thousands of companies hosting Mm -hmm. on those off of those servers it makes sense that if somebody's going to pull off some 007 heist type shit, you got to make it as hard as possible. So you want to put that warehouse like underwater. Oh my dude, Jeff Bezos knows some something that we don't no, know. I'm, I'm, the amount of you information think? these people have access to is, is insane. Yeah, I, you know who could probably could probably get in there though? Tom Cruise. <laughs> Tom Cruise. That's funny. Yeah, that's <laughs> Mission Impossible. Yeah. And you know what I was thinking about too when they were talking about it, like how they're storing all of our behaviors. Like think about how much data that is to like have to store. Like all of our our behavior of how we scroll, what we click on, how long we scroll for mm. it. Like all that information has to be stored somewhere. And I wonder how long they store it too. Like do they just track on the daily? Do they track on the weekly? Do they track on the monthly? Like that's so much information. Also, you bring up a pretty good point in the data. And I was going to say, do we think you know, God forbid ever something happens, the FBI needs to get like a hold of you. Could they subpoena like Amazon Web Services for your data? Um, I don't know. I know that they can't subpoena Apple because that has already gone through and Apple said fuck you to the FBI. Uh, Steve Jobs is a gangster. Dog. Yeah, there's, <laughs> a lot of, there's a lot of regulation around that. I'm sure there's some red, red tape they can get over, but um, I'm sure there's some top. I'm just not informed enough to know the policies around it, but I know there's some protections that we have under like HIPAA and some of that other stuff. But that's usually more on the healthcare side. I don't know about just your regular information. If you are listening and you know, uh, let make, our, <laughs> make our hotlines bling. Um, I was gonna say, you know, in regards of them storing your behavior, I know one of the things because I had like a little AI phase like two years ago where I was gonna start working on that, where there are companies that they currently do this like this technology is here it's just not commercially accessible to everybody yet yet um in which they put an in for example they get somebody who's doing a desk job right like 
a standard nine to five desk job, uh, like an executive assistant or someone like that. And they put an AI on their computer that watches their behavior for two, three, four years, right? That AI now knows how to do that person's job. Now that person is not needed anymore. And what they're trying, what some AI companies are trying to do is that they're trying to sell the AI program to, to the company that needs the executive assistant, for example, and then they would pay the salary to the AI company. You don't have to this. give them any benefits. They don't have to take any days off, no sick days. Oh, the AI the never clock. gets work 24-7, pay the same exact salary, and then the AI company collects that salary. So that's something that I've been pretty scared about, just the fact that like there's many jobs that are going to become obsolete as we grow older in our generation, which happens in every generation, but I feel like the discrepancy is gonna be much more wider when we get mm -hmm. older because then the entry point when you, for you to get a job, you're gonna need a lot more education because then the people who are gonna need jobs are gonna have to have uh, a wider set of skills and more knowledge than the average person had to back in the day to even get an entry level job. Yeah, that's just like, do you guys remember that first like thing they brought up um, when they were talking about the evolution of stuff? They talked about cars, how, I don't know the exact statistics, but cars went up by a certain percentage over the last hundred years. And then they talked about technology and like they put it on a graph chart and how oh, much it's increased. It like and it was like, yeah. it's like quadrillion, like a, yeah. An, an, <laughs> yeah. unquantifiable number. Which, which to the average person, right? No one, like everyone hears these, because I even, until I started doing a little bit of research into it, like I'm like, all right, AI, machine learning, like what does even any of this stuff mean? Like, mm -hmm. why do I care about that? And I think where it comes to like make me a little bit worried where it should worry most people is the fact that they're, they're creating these AIs or machine learning devices in which then they lose control of, right? Like the guy talked about it, one of the executives, he was talking about how we originally created the algorithm to do this. But as it got more and more information, that got better at doing that exact task, mm. and it you know involved into something else. I and think I think that was the Twitter engineer. Probably, I think it was the Twitter engineer. I don't remember exactly who it was, but that's the point that's scary, right? When it comes, at, when it leaves your human control, when it gets too advanced, where it's doing things that you didn't plan for. Over under the amount of years before Skynet is not a legitimate company skynet what's Skynet? Oh, i think that's a matrix thing right that's a matrix that's reference not, it's the terminator <laughs> but there's a terminator dude skynet the guy comes down from the you get it to, in my defense i haven't watched any movie that you would consider to be a classic and if you're saying oh you probably watch this no i didn't he watch it, it. He, he, you watched star wars I, for the first time like what was it a couple months ago a couple months ago i watched the all the star wars like all together for the first time ever legitimately it's okay. You know where you can learn uh, movies? Where? Say it, cuz. I actually don't know. Where streaming services. Netflix, cuz. <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah, I mean, he could stream it there, but whatever. Whatever. There's so many good movies on there. But, but do you know Terminator? You know who would be the one who would save us from the Terminator? Elon Musk. Elon Musk has been preaching. He's been saying how AI is going to come get us. Or he's going to create it. Oh. Has there... Has, uh, yeah, I, I, think, I think anyone who names his child... The, I can't even pronounce the <laughs> it. It was like Elon a bunch Musk's of letters child, and numbers. Uh, would definitely create the thing that maybe is smarter than AI. Did you see that? He named his child like it was, I don't know. Yeah, I remember uh, looking, uh, somebody time, told me about every it. Every time I see I it, I think, it of, is. I think it's like of, a robot name. Yeah, it was something to do with a fighter jet or his favorite plane mixed with something else. I don't remember exactly what it was, but like he was explaining to Joe Rogan on this podcast and Joe Rogan was like, can you, can you repeat that again? <laughs> <laughs> Does Elon Musk have any uh, master classes? Um, I'm no way that man. That man's so busy. I I'm gonna look at look at what he does. Do you know that? Um, do you have know what know what masterclass is? Both of you. Yeah. Okay. I'm like familiar with it, but not familiar with okay, it. Okay, so essentially, it's this um curriculum platform where you can learn from just the ultimate heroes of our modern day world, right? I mean, people like um uh Wolfgang Puck is on there, um. Sarah, who's that? Wolfgang. Wolfgang Puck's Wolfgang a famous Puck, chef. The chef, chef guy. Never. Uh, heard James, of that. James, Suck, James Suckling, um, big wine guy. Steph Curry's on there. Um, Penn and Teller are on there. You, it's just like it's this curriculum platform um, to pursue 
classes taught by these folks in music and entertainment, design, photography, and fashion, culinary arts, sports, and games. You get it, right? Where we're going. I, I saw a YouTube ad for this for Masterclass. When I first heard it, I thought it was like some scam. I thought it was some like yeah. parody they were making. Like, come take my Masterclass. I was like, they should have thought a better name for that. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the, the, the name is, is really questionable. But if Elon Musk had a class on there, that would make them a lot of money. It's not even that expensive. I think it's like 15 bucks a month. What would he even make a class on? What would be practical for him to teach in a so, small? That's the thing is that, like that. So it goes everywhere from like everyday cooking classes to the art of negotiation. Um, you can learn how to play poker like a pro, but then you can also learn what it means to be an astronaut. Wow, man! And, and then you can also some learn. people are probably going to listen to this and think that Bahama is reading a sponsored ad for Masterclass, hey. but he just really is passionate about Masterclass over here. I'm very passionate. You know what's crazy is that uh, my students. They purchased a Gordon Ramsay cooking class for a dollar when it's originally a buck eighty. See, my problem with master classes, I feel like you can get all the information from YouTube, right? And going back to the algorithms, right? YouTube, YouTube is even better than most of these other social media platforms. That I'll watch one cooking video, and another one will come up, and another one, and another one, and I'll just track all my intentions. But and you fall down, and, and you fall down the what? <laughs> the black hole the, the rabbit hole, <laughs> the rabbit hole. <laughs> which is a reference to the documentary because they talk about purposely wanting to put you through yeah. a rabbit hole so whenever you're on youtube or any of these social media platforms mm-hmm. and you go down a rabbit hole it's mm-hmm. not your fault mm-hmm. it was designed to answer your question though the purpose of the master class it, it just it's this very intimate kind of one-on-one scenario thing. Well, I mean, it's one-on-one to you, right? Because like you're watching this person teach you, but it's just like a collection of the world's greatest minds teaching like the subject that they're the greatest at, right? And we talk about how it's better to be, and this is subjective, I guess, but it's better to be a master of one than a jack of all trades. You know uh-huh. what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so that's like the, I guess, the philosophy behind the curriculum of masterclass you know i always heard that quote and i was like always so disappointed because i am a master at literally nothing i like i know a little bit about a lot of stuff and not a lot about a lot so weren't you just telling us how you're the greatest uh alfredo sauce maker okay of all time? i will say my my chicken alfredo is absolutely phenomenal i just made it like 30 minutes ago but i should teach a master class on it because it was it was really terrible before but but you i know, can just youtube it YouTube, exa- yeah. that's how okay. i learned that's how i learned it's a youtube video so i, I didn't take a master speaking of <laughs> speaking of uh of youtube i did not know that uh kyrie irving got grilled as hard as he did for the the youtube thing what do you uh, the flat that, yes the flat that's a good point so what, what, i don't know what you guys are talking so about. they talk about this in the documentary uh so that whole thing oh, yes, about so. kyrie irving uh, the famous basketball player who left LeBron because he's an idiot. Um, <laughs> yeah. Got uh, to be the man in town. Yeah, but no, it sucks for him. Uh, but yeah, so basically he came out with some ridiculous stuff uh, a couple years ago about how we, we need to be woke and the earth is flat and all that shit. And I had never heard this before on why he said that or whether he retracted those comments or not. But apparently... Uh, he gave out a, uh, like in, on an interview they asked him he's like yo what did you think that what were you going around telling mm. people that and he literally said yo I'm sorry this. I went down a rabbit hole uh, of information on YouTube and all these videos seem super convincing so I believed it I, I believed that the earth was flat it's scary to think about I mean I have I have some family members who have gone down those rabbit hats as well who who are flat earthers who are the various <laughs> <laughs> the various uh, every every conspiracy you can think of you know not knocking it maybe um that's that's certain people's uh, thing but it's not mine but the problem with it is right it's they mentioned this a little bit in the documentary but i, I read some side stuff on it is this idea of our, our freedom of speech is great right we all love it we all love the ability that we can talk and say things you know but it becomes a slippery slope because that idea of what is right and like what's factually right and what's factually wrong is completely gone because we don't know right like there are some things like the facebook and twitter has and instagram have started doing the fact checkers which is pretty Mm. pretty nice right but 
most Americans nowadays are getting their information from Facebook. They're getting it from these random, like literally everyone gets it from there. Uh, I don't know why the both of you are looking at me with those faces. <laughs> Bahama gets 99% of his facts straight from Facebook. And he'll quote it to us. The other day he quoted to us that um, the left tackle is the highest played football player, <laughs> which is factually I wrong. I mean, you watch the blindside ones and you just think that you know everything. <laughs> but th- th- that's real. it's kind of scary though to think about. Like, I, I mean, you could post something on Facebook, if it gets enough shares, people are going to start thinking it's real. They're going to start thinking it's all right. Then people are going to go into the comments. And then people, I mean, everyone, I love a good conspiracy too, right? Everyone wants to think that they know something that others don't. But True the, human behavior it, right there. And that's what they tap into. They tap into that and then it goes down and down. And they talk about that, how mm-hmm. they target, right? They target one conspiracy with another. So, uh, just reminded me, uh, do you guys remember that thing, the Pizzagate that they yeah, talked yeah, about? I was going to talk about that because let's oh, hey, open it up because <laughs> I have some thoughts. This, this Yo, this Pizzagate thing, if you've heard about Pizzagate before, um, you probably are into conspiracies because they specifically targeted that movement towards people who like conspiracy theories. I had never heard of this, ever. I don't even know how long ago it was. Was it like two, three years ago? Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I've heard it in yeah. passing, but I didn't know what it was until the documentary. Never heard of it. So basically, uh, there was these um, articles being shared about how whenever every time you order a pizza, you're basically ordering like a human being like sex trafficked, something like that. And it got so much steam and it got so much popularity that a man literally walked into a pizza shop and started shooting it up. And then there's video in the documentary as he's being held by the police. Like he's like crying and he's like, but did you guys find them? And the police are like, what did you find the children? It's like, what children? It's like, there's children in the basement. They're running a pedophile ring. And the cops are like, what the fuck are you talking about? And mind you, there wasn't even a basement in Mm -hmm. that pizza (laughs) place. But basically uh, this spread of information, like, just rolled out of control so much like an avalanche that it caused this man to literally shoot up a pizza mm-hmm. shop and that gets real fucking dangerous yeah, yeah it, 2016 it happened. Th- think about it. it it almost happened again with this whole wayfair thing do you guys remember the oh wayfair my thing gosh. that's the same well i don't know if it's i don't know if that was actually if it was true what wayfair was doing or not but it's the same concept right it's yeah. that information floating again and because what happens is people get this right and especially if it's a topic that compels them right that gets them angry gets them motivated to do something about it and then yeah. they they hear this information right and then you see a bunch of people commenting validating you validating to you that oh yeah this must be true look a hundred thousand people retweeted it all these people have commented it oh the news is not talking about it we need to go after it and then Mm -hmm. that false spread of information just grows like wildfire they talked about how much faster false information travels compared to the truth which is like six times i think they they have like a number to it it's like oh wrong information travels six times faster so somebody who's trying to garner more traffic will purposely create false information. False information. I just want to go on and, and say that maybe the information of the left tackle salary was <laughs> sent to you all six times faster. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> because it was... Here's the thing. Fake. I am not disappointed that you read that. I am disappointed that you, as a so-called football fan... I am a read that football guy. Mm. Yes, and you read that, right? And you didn't question it. And then you confidently came to us and told us that a left tackle, somebody on the offensive line, gets paid more than anybody else on the field. Well, I said... Knowing how much quarterbacks get paid, really? I said second highest paid. No, 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 you you did not. You originally said highest, and then you moved to second. Yeah. It was second highest. No, (laughs) no. No. Because the blind said... I'm Listen, pl- sure, pretty sure the blind side the blind, said first the blind, or second. I don't remember side, exactly. The blind side told me this But whatever. That was a movie. We should have went off fact, which is I trusted the you. problem. Okay. You should have known better. <laughs> There's my credibility for everything I say on this podcast. Speaking of which, I, uh, I know who can bring down artificial intelligence once and for all. Who? If you say another dumb name. Oh, my God. Anonymous. Okay, yeah, Anonymous uh, is pretty cool. Uh, hey, listen, are, are we sure? Is it a person or a group? No, it's, it's definitely a group. it's a group of hackers. Yeah, it's a group. From various countries. I want to know what places. that, like, 
initiation process looks like. I don't. I don't even want to mention their name on here because <laughs> I find the concept of anonymous <laughs> so intriguing, so gangster. I I think it's cool as fuck because that's the kind of stuff that you only see in movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then it's like real. And forgive me if I am wrong here, but I'm not educated enough. But it looks like they are doing things that seem to be positive. So I think it's pretty interesting. Will we ever know? What do they say? I feel one, like one man's terrorist is another man's patriot. So you did, it's, a, it's a slippery slope again, right? I've, I've like actually, some people think well, it's... Well, I've never I've heard never, that I've quote. never heard that either. That's good. I did, definitely did not come up with it, so don't look at me like I gave him credit. <laughs> Yo, you're not taking credit? What? <laughs> Who are you? Thanks. But the, it's... To build off that one, right? Um, the false spread of information, right? And then we have the fact checkers. So I was thinking about the fact checkers just conceptually. I wasn't doing any research on this or anything like that. Is all right, we have a fact checkers in place, which is not censorship, right? Because we're still allowing people to post it, but we're saying, hey, you might want to fact check this. This might be wrong. But then hmm. you go down the road is who is the one who's in charge of that fact, ch- fact checker, right? And what to what standard is that fact wrong or right? Because and how if, do you know? Exactly, right? So let's say someone let's say someone finds out a, a truth, right? Like think about like an Edward Snowden type thing where they find out information. Great example. And you're releasing this information, but according to news, according to all these various things where you would get the fact from is saying that's false. Now you have someone reading it with the fact checker in place saying, oh, this article you're reading is actually wrong. So it's like, it's a lose-lose situation. You can have wrong information or you can have right information who's also flagged as wrong. Yeah, that's just, it, it's, it's what you said. It's a, it's a super slippery slope because like i would hate the job of being a fact checker because you cannot be right nobody's right all the time ever like no matter how much hard how hard you try because at the end of the day we don't know what we don't know Mm. you know it's it's just not possible to know whether something's always true or always wrong yeah and and it's not and it's becoming it is another thing right like this the fact checker is an algorithm it's a, it's, it's a machine figuring these things out. I mean, it, I'm sure it starts, I'm sure there's people who are in the role of it, but the, the majority of it, right, to scan that many posts, to scan that many different users on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, it's an algorithm. It's a machine learning device, right? And it's getting more and more information. And it's from there, like, we don't know. We don't know what this thing's going to do, right? It's, 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 it's going to learn the various behaviors of people and various information and take it all in, but we don't know which direction it's going to go in. Like, what if that fact checker starts taking its own agenda, right? I mean, that's getting a little conspiracy. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's falling a little conspiracy I, there, I too. I think but. I recall you saying, oh, I'm not into conspiracies yeah. like no, a I solid a, 10 minutes I said ago. You're going to have I your like own Facebook group uh, in, a, in a few weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Facebook is listening to this and they're gonna, I'm suddenly going to get a notification. Please join this group. That's going to be tough. But I mean, hey, I, it's it's scary to think about, but hopefully as the information spreads about all these various things that more and more people become educated on it, there are hopefully organizations and people out there can actually, you know, start making a change. I mean, realistically, probably not, right? Because this thing is taking on its new life and most people are one, either don't care or two, have no idea about any of this stuff or are never going to see something like this. So it's like, what do you do in that situation? How do you make a real difference? That's exactly the the dilemma. <laughs> it's called social the social dilemma. dilemma. <laughs> Do it. Is it this one? Yeah, I think it. <laughs> oh, okay, there we go. No, 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 no. Anyways, uh, but yeah, that's the dilemma that the engineers of all these social media companies um, were discussing in the documentary. The fact that it was originally created as a force for good, as a force of connection to promote uh, mm-hmm. social connection and now it's becoming the complete opposite like yeah you can stay connected to some people but now it's being used the connection is being used incorrectly well i don't know if incorrectly is the right way to say it but it's just uh it's taking like the dark side of being a human out of us like not ah not like out of us but it's mm-hmm. showing the worst side of us that's mm-hmm. what it is uh because now you have uh, especially with uh, this statistic really upset me about how the statistics um, with young girls and young boys committing suicide just skyrocketed within like that. 2011, 2012, which is when yeah. social media really started yeah. like mm-hmm. booming. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's something that like even within like ourselves or our friend groups, I'll see uh, people get overly concerned about how many likes they're getting in a photo. Yeah. And I, I've literally been in, in the presence of friends who get 
literally like 1400 likes on a photo in like two to three hours which to me i think that's insane that's a lot and they're like oh it's not good enough i should delete, delete. This. yeah okay. they're not should like delete they, they like it, yeah. they do it mm-hmm. right because that is just such a that is so unsatisfactory that that number isn't big enough and the only reason it's not big enough is because you're looking at somebody else's number that got more than you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's only gotten worse too, especially with Instagram. I don't know if you guys remember. Remember when Instagram first came out, it was chronological, right? Yeah. It was yeah. chronological and they switched the algorithm to be, no, which, which is, it's, I mean, most people, I first looked at it and I didn't understand. It's the three people now. It's the three yeah, dudes. Yeah, it's literally three people. It's, what are you looking at They the can control what you see now because yeah. now it's not based on the time that you posted it. It's based on how many likes you potentially got, your engagement, mm-hmm. what things have you liked in the past. Your top storylines are the people that w- you've watched the story the most and they watch your story the most. Yeah. Like All that stuff is it's all driven, dr- driven by these algorithms, whereas before it was just going to be about who, who posted when. And it's all... all the only reason they did all that was because of ads. Yeah, because it's the, the business model. Like, um, I think they touched on this, some of the engineers that don't work at these companies anymore, that the, not the only, but like the most direct way of making a change is by changing the business model because the business model is engagement and the way engagement is driven mm-hmm. is by changing our behavior into whatever they want it to be. So finding a way to create some level of legislation or the company's self um, policing themselves, which is never going to happen, uh, is one of the more direct ways of creating legitimate change in how the algorithm is being built and how it's designed. The biggest way I've heard that they're trying to combat this, well, not combat it, right, but other other platforms have used is the subscription-based model, right? So now you're not paying, like the users, we're paying for our experience on Instagram and Facebook through these ads, right? These ads are paying for the company to stay afloat and we can use the service for free. Whereas when you're paying a subscription-based model, right, you don't have to have all those ads because, you know, you have X amount of people that are paying you a monthly subscription every single day, right? But Or every single month. But the problem with that also is even inside, think about Spotify, think of Apple Music, think of Netflix, of things that you might like, movies hey, was, you might like, was, songs you might crazy. like, it, it all that like even when crazy. we try to get rid of it, it still exists, right? Like, oh, you watched the Vampire Diaries on Netflix, which I loved. You should watch the originals. You should watch this other show. True Blood is a little better. True Blood was great, but I wouldn't say it's better than Vampire but, Diaries. But, last, but in the in the in the th- in the documentary, you said, from said a, no, I'm being like just now. Oh, me saying. You, yeah, you triggered something that made me think of this. Um, when they said, if you're not paying for the product, you are the product. Yeah. 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 So the, the subscription idea that you're kind of giving out is an interesting one because aren't isn't our time what these companies are buying, right? Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I think the only fair way to do it, right? If we were to, let's just think about a smaller platform, Instagram, right? The only fair way to do Instagram is go back to chronological order of when you post things and to have it as a subscription model, which would suck mm. to pay it every month, but I'm sure people would. Yeah, and I wouldn't. It's a popularity contest. I probably wouldn't pay for it either at that yeah, point. Yeah. I mean, uh, you, I would, you would be surprised, right? I mean, let's like, be honest. You pay, no, no. You pay I'm not for, saying a lot of people. You pay for your, your music, don't you? Huh? I mean, all right. Nope. All right. Well, okay, you use someone else. Okay, maybe you will, but most people do. I don't do. pay for he's on, shit. He's, 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 you didn't know he's streaming uh, Carrie Ann and her $190 cable bill. Um so I did that a couple of times today. We, Guzman, you were talking about it earlier with the swipe up slot machine thing yeah. on Instagram. Yeah. This is like one of the only breaks that I had from work today. So I was doing that. You want to know the first thing that popped up on my Instagram what? feed? Take a gander. Did take a guess? I don't know. It was Anthony Davis with the last three-pointer shot and said Kobe. He After said Kobe? he made it in, said Kobe. Confirmed. How gang He that? said that? He said he shouted Kobe. After it went in, <laughs> well, I mean, they were wearing the Kobe uniform, so they're never going to get rid of those uniforms. Of course not, and they can't never lose in those uniforms either. So they have to win the whole thing. Hey, can you imagine if they lose in those uniforms? The don't, mandatory don't, sports don't put talk. That on them. <laughs> don't put that on. And that's sports talk, basically. So, what would you say um, would be like your main takeaway, learning outcome, or concern from this documentary? I guess I'll say mine first. Um, I think the main one that I want to take from it is especially around, like, okay, 
the, I guess this is the concept I want to take out of it, is instead of letting my phone control me, I control my phone. So what, what does that even mean, right? Uh, so just like what, what we talked about with the notifications, mm-hmm. where the notifications control when I pick up my phone or my constant need to want to you know, pull up Instagram or one of these various things, that is controlling me. So I want to take that out of the hands and, and decide to, for myself to of when I actually want to pick it up, when I want to set a time set a time to go on Instagram or Facebook or one of these things. And I think a big way to help me do that is, and it's ever since that uh, um, that feature came out on the iPhone where you can see your oh, screen time. Usage, yeah, your screen time. Screen time. Oh, dude, Huge. that makes me so self conscious. Does, yeah. but it, that that will help you in in the fact of using. It like does. I don't. I love social media i love using it right um and i don't think i'll ever stop using it because i I find it as a form of entertainment it's because it's designed for you to want to use it well no of course right but i'm okay with you're a tool i'm okay with accepting that reality peon but then to to take into my hands of when i decide i want to use it and when i decide not to decide yeah i mean never that's more that's harder than said than you're just as controlled as the rest of us i'm sure but Hey, I'm trying to fight that. Hey, because you don't you don't use social media. Social media uses it, no, it you. does. It uh, does. <laughs> the real takeaway: we're hopeless. Uh, no, what's it called? My, I have a a takeaway and a concern. Uh, my biggest takeaway was um, they talk about it about how how you only get shown the things that you agree with and the Mm. things that are on your side, right? And there's a lot of times like in important things and stupid things like who's the greatest player of all time, basketball, like in any form of debate that exists, whether it's gaming or lifestyle or fashion or whatever it is, uh, there's, there's a lot of times where I'll be like, wait, how can you think that? Don't you know X, Y, Z? Because if you knew X, Y, C, you couldn't possibly think that. And that's the point. Mm-hmm. They don't know X, Y, Z. Because the the social media algorithm is designed to not show you uh, alternative points of views that aren't in line with what you already believe in. Mm. So there's a lot of times that I'm like, they now have to like look internally on two factors. One, hey... They legitimately don't know X, Y, Z. So how can they possibly, uh, how can I possibly judge their opinion when they don't know what I know? And how can I not lose the fact that they also know things that I don't know? Because at the same time, they're seeing content that I'm not familiar with. And there are things that are also true that they're being, uh, that they're being informed of that I'm not being informed of. So it, it kind of like... So it's uh, trying to understand both sides of the argument. Yeah, and I always... like I pride myself in doing a really good job of trying to put myself in somebody else's shoes when I'm having an argument with someone. However, this adds an extra layer that I never considered before. They because don't I even used know to, it. Yeah, yeah they, they don't even know it, and I don't even know it. Like It, it helps me be more open-minded mm-hmm. knowing that I only get shown one side and they only get shown on another side. Are you specifically speaking to all the Philip Rivers haters out there? Listen. Who just get fed Listen, everybody. All these why that's a worthless $25 ex- million? The <laughs> <laughs> Indianapolis Colts are going to deliver Philip Rivers to the Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio in the Super Bowl this year. Because hey, no what? Um, that, no chance. But before I forget this, the other thing that I wanted to mention, probably a better takeaway for me, is going to be around the whole fact-checking point. And I know I'm guilty of this, and I try to prevent myself from doing it. And it just sometimes happens, right? I see an article, I see an Instagram mm-hmm. post, and I say, like, oh, this just news happened. Mm-hmm. You know, XYZ happened, or this player was traded, or this thing happened in the news, or this politician did this. But actually, before I actually say anything to anyone about that, is actually doing my own research and confirming that it's a fact. Because that I'm helping the spread of false information by not doing my due diligence on that. Yes, Bahama. You are helping wrong information by telling us that the left tackle is the highest paid position in football when you saw it on a stupid movie. Well, first of all, that movie, great movie. I haven't seen it. <laughs> not making our job harder or easier. Uh, second thing, um, realistic movie, it was pretty facts-based. 
So <laughs> why wouldn't I not, not believe it? Well, that's great, but <laughs> you're still missing the point of, you know, fact-checking that movie. I get what, it. What's your takeaway, Bahama? What, I'm very curious to know what it is. Um, I was I, I was pretty torn. Like, I'm in the middle of, of the both of you, I think. So I was originally, when I came, like, okay, so I watched the first 20 minutes. I came out in the kitchen. I got a drink, and I said, loose quote, I am so close to deleting all of my social media apps, right? And you said that you were not going to do that yeah. after watching this documentary. And I said, huh, I said that. Very interesting. Um, and after having watched, so that initial emotion, I felt violated. That like, <laughs> no, no, big, I mean, that's fair. That's yeah, really fair. That that's like fair to these say. big tech companies had just so much, not like they have so much data because you have to fill out all sorts of fields and, and objects when you create these profiles, but that they're constantly tracking that in a supercomputer that they do not know now seemingly ostensibly how to disable, right? I mean, that was the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I got into it, much like Kevin, uh, Irish Kevin. Um, Irish Kevin. <laughs> Irish Irish Kev- Kev- Irish We're just going to have to change the whole Kevin and Kevin Irish, thing because it's, it's not going to work. Kevin, Kevin it, with the soothing Hey, voice. listen, it, it worked for Mike and Mike in the morning, right? So I'm sure it can work for the both of you. Uh, I'll just be KG from now on. There we go. Okay, KG. Um, yeah, so then I, I, I watched it and mostly like you, Kevin, who is not KG, um, I said, wow, I can really kind of willpower my way through this thing, right? And that's what the uh, he was the, the Pinterest and Facebook guy talked about pretty vulnerably when he was explaining how it was like taking away time from his family and he was creating this wonderful business model for how to monetize Facebook, but now he's going home and he's like doing that. Yeah, the same thing that yeah, was the same thing, building yeah. was hurting him. Right, yeah, the same thing was building was hurting him. Um, so I turned off my notifications and you know I, I did the whole push thing. So now I think it's really just focusing on like I own, like they're gonna have their, their data, whatever, and they're gonna do whatever with it, but like can I have my own willpower and do my own due diligence, which is what Kevy non-KG said. Um, and then really just kind of own that, right? As I move forward in the social media world, because I love it too much to just get rid of it. And let's be honest, lighthearted note, I don't know how I would do without social media because all of the hilarious content that, <laughs> the is, memes, memes. that, is, that is on social media is just I mean, because it does, it does provide a lot of good. Like modern day businesses wouldn't thrive without social media, right? They like, wouldn't. Small businesses n- either. Yeah, neither. Yeah. Like, that's how I find Small out about restaurants. Either. That's how I find about products. All this stuff. Like yeah. there's so much beneficial things that come out of it, but the same thing, like, right? Yeah. It's a double-edged sword. Yeah. yeah. And the, that's something that also don't, that's one of the reasons why, you know, Bahama, it, he said it exactly how it happened. He walked into the kitchen. I was in the living room and he's like, I'm so close to deleting it. And I was like, I'm not like, cause at the end of the day, um, I still don't take for granted the benefits that come from social media, uh, especially in a quarantined uh, culture that we're currently in. Social media has allowed me to maintain connectivity Mm -hmm. with friends. That is something that would make the quarantine much tougher if I didn't have uh, something like social media to allow me to continue to talk to my friends and make comments about what they're doing and things of that sort. However, how we use it mm. is how it gets dangerous because yeah. if I'm mm-hmm. sitting there uh, scrolling for two straight hours and feeling like shit about myself because everybody else's life looks awesome, that's not positive. So I think taking control of how you use social media and what you use it for. Mm. This is something that I started doing a couple of years back. That's why the first half of the Social Dilemma documentary didn't hit me too hard until the end because it was a lot of stuff that I've already kind of like delved in a little bit and I was like kind of familiar with. So I was like, hey, I know they know all this stuff about me. I know that this is controlled behavior. But you know like i also benefit from it you know so i'm not too upset about it i i have a level of comfort Mm -hmm. with what it's currently being exchanged right now maybe i'm just completely unaware of how terrible this is going to end up 10 years from now when they have all this information but john connor's coming right now I'm kind of comfortable with it. Uh, What I try my best to do is control how I use social media. Uh, Like, for example, a month ago, one of the things I started to do was that since I was using too much social media, uh, I deleted, for example, Facebook. I deleted Facebook like a month ago. Uh, But I did it because I noticed that that's where I was 
getting most of my toxic content from. Yeah. So I deleted it and I literally don't even notice it. I still like open up Mm-mm. Instagram like 17 times a day. Like that's probably an understatement. Yeah. I deleted Facebook too. You know, like a small change like that can make a pretty big impact. Uh, and then just being more intentional of how you use your social media. Other, I mean, yeah, like th- there's a lot of like knowledge benefits from it. The memes are great, but honestly, like it's, it's a big, it's a big popularity contest that I just don't care to win. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I mean, by no means are we experts in any of these topics, but I think it, it's interesting to see, you know, someone who's all three of us are kind of disconnected from the whole social media world. I mean, yeah, we use it, but none of us work in the social media space. None of us work in designing these systems. But I think it's pretty interesting to for us to think about these things, right, conceptually of like how they work and how they control our lives and what we can do to, you know, kind of take back control in those things. And I think we've all mentioned ways in which we can do this, but it's now about from here, like how do we implement it, but still enjoy what we're doing. Right. Cause like, I never want that to go away. I never want the fact that I can go on Facebook and see something funny or connect with family members that, you know, I don't like the main way I connect with my family members that live in various States is through Facebook. Right. So I can never delete that or people I went to high school with or people who I met in college, right. That I don't have on Instagram. Those are all various ways. I still, stay in contact with them but at the same time you know figuring out like okay how do i not let it affect me in negative ways which is a lot easier said than done yeah that just goes back to not uh demonizing social media like it's still something to be aware of and it can have some real bad repercussions if yeah. it gets out of hand and look, not look. if it gets out of hand. it is out of hand already yeah. uh but if this level of out of hand continues to avalanche downward uh, it can be really bad, but if it's just something that we can make more people aware of and people be more intentional with how they use it, uh, we can still maintain some of the benefits that have been acquired from this digital media age. Yeah, I mean, it, I think all those are f- fair points, and you know, I definitely have a different outlook after reading that. Um, I know this this episode was a little little intense in some of the topics that we kind of d- dove into, but um, I think it was really fun just to talk about you guys with you guys about like these ideas that you know were in my head that were sitting there like when i watch this i was running through a million different scenarios of how and what like am i going crazy thinking about these some of the ideas and how they affect my life but hearing Mm -hmm. it from others even if we have different opinions on it can Mm -hmm. validates that hey you know these are concerns these are things Mm -hmm. that we should worry about and at the same time these are things that i should still keep like i shouldn't go crazy and go delete all my social medias you know hey don't judge all right I mean, you, you, know sh- you didn't do it. <laughs> hey, you know who should delete all their social media? Who? Oh. Antonio Brown. <laughs> Antonio <laughs> needs to delete it. I haven't heard anything of him for a while. Because he deleted his social media, probably. Oh, yeah? I actually don't know. I got that from Facebook. Mm. <laughs> well, speaking of Facebook, I think that's a, I think that's a good note to end on. But uh, again, guys, we, uh, we're here every Wednesday. Um, we try to post with new content, um, you know, new topics. You know, leave a comment on our Instagram. Leave a comment on our, any of our stuff to see uh, what you want to like. What what you want to hear next, right? Uh, maybe there's a particular topic that you'd love to to hear from. I don't know. Maybe message Bahama, message KG, message myself, and we'll try to dive into it. Definitely. Uh, thank you for coming on this ride with us. Um, again, g- leave us any feedback, and we'll see you next week. Hey, episode two, huh? Episode two down. We have what? How many? 12 more to go? 12 12 more to go. go. All right, let's go. See you next week.